There's something about giving thanks. That's sort of what the song was all about today. I will praise your name. And I'm going to praise your name whether I feel it or not. Scripture tells us that we need to give thanks to the Lord. And we're going to talk about that today. Today is our Thanksgiving service. It's our interactive service. And so we're going to ask you, I'm going to ask you to give thanks to the Lord as well. But we've got a number of things I want to talk about before we enter in. And so let's go to the Lord in prayer and ask him to help us to praise him, to thank him, even though our hearts are heavy. And so, Lord, we come before you today. Lord, you've never changed. You don't sleep. You don't slumber. Lord, we get weary. We need rest. And Lord, every day around the world, people die. We do not know whether this is our last day on earth or not. But Lord, we have a dear family who's lost a loved one. And we're asking God that you would comfort them and and go in, into their hearts in places where people cannot go. Lord, I pray that you would help us have wisdom of how to help them. Help us to gather ourselves around them that we may lift them up and encourage them. Father, you you told us in your word that you are close to the brokenhearted. And Lord, all of us, to some degree today, are in that place. So Lord, I pray that you would help us to choose to praise you today. I pray that you would help us to choose to give you thanks. Because giving thanks is your will for us, regardless of the circumstances. In Jesus' name we pray. I trust everybody's got a bulletin because we're going to have uh, some interactivity with the bulletin, uh, especially you have a, an insert, and we're going to uh, speak from that today as well. But today we come together as Grace United to obey the Lord by giving him thanks. Today we focus on the blessings of the Lord, blessings that we cannot count because he has given us so many. David in Psalm 139 expresses his praise in verse 6 when he writes about how the Lord knew David far better than David knew himself. And he said, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high, I cannot attain it. And David heaps more praise on the Lord in verses 17 and 18 with these words. How precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they would be more than this. But we're in 2021. You know, it's great for, for back then, David was a shepherd, you know, and, and uh, things were a lot easier, a lot more simple then. This is 2021. Troubles are all around and even within. And let's begin right here. As I mentioned, we prayed, and we all know this, or many of us do know, Santa's parents were in an accident a couple of days ago, and her mother, Linda, is no longer with us. Her dad is banged up, but he's recovering. How we need to pray for this family, how we need to pray, especially for, uh, I believe his name is Williford, uh, pronounce his name. Um, he was the driver. But let's continue. John in his 20 plus surgeries. He's recovering, but he had 20 plus surgeries. Kathy, who just survived her own ordeal uh, with surgery and an accident of her own. And then we have Kathy, who is in the process of finding a bone marrow match. Then we have so many problems in the culture, in the church, in our political situation. Even the scope of a traditional Thanksgiving dinner is 
pretty much out of limits of, of so many because of the prices that have gone sky high in recent days. How in the world can we give thanks? Well, let me remind us of a few things. First of all, the most basic and foundational and fundamental thing that we can give thanks for to the Lord is salvation found in Christ. That never changes. Amen? The truth of the Word of God that we as His followers can cling to, especially now. The relationships we have, a physical family and friends, and most importantly, our spiritual family. Because our spiritual family, we're going to be together forever. Isn't that right? And though we experience His blessings to a lesser degree than we have in the past as a nation because we have turned our back on the Lord as a nation, I'm convinced that we still live in the greatest country in the history of the world. We can give thanks for status that everybody in the United States has just by being citizen, regardless of whether they're Christians or not. A couple weeks ago, when we were praying for our persecuted brothers. We remember, we saw the videos. For example, in Pakistan, Christians are fifth-class citizens. And in some places, what were they doing? They were cleaning sewage just because they were Christians. Now, we still have relative freedom in our country to worship and serve the true and living God. Think of the many countries which Christians don't have religious freedom because their governments are viciously anti-Christian. So we can, and we will take the time today to obey the Lord, to give thanks. And I say we because together, as a congregation, we're going to participate. Hopefully we will. Because with sincere, heartfelt expressions of praise to the Lord, that will be sweet music in the Lord's ears. And again, with heartfelt expressions of thanks to the Lord, it will build us up as Grace United. Remember Paul's words that he told the Corinthian Christians. He says, what then, brothers, sisters, when you come together, each one has a hymn, a lesson, a revelation, a tongue or an interpretation. Let all things be done for building up. And by way of application today, every one of us can give expressions of thanks to the Lord. But there's more. Because I want to bring to our attention some of the events leading up to and surrounding what we can call the first Thanksgiving event, even before we were a nation. And it was more than feasting. See, there was a spiritual and a physical context surrounding the pilgrim's first Thanksgiving event. And I want to share some of these things today. And then with that backdrop, I'm going to open it up so that we can all participate in the corporate message. And that is, we together will give thanks. And by way of reminder, Paul told the Thessalonian Christians to give thanks in all things, for this is God's will in Christ Jesus. It's not that everything we encounter is God's will, for it is never God's will that we sin. Whether it's disease because we live in a fallen world, or having to live with the sinful choices that we make, or sinful things that fellow imagers of God levy upon others, and we upon them, or even death itself. It's all sin, or all related to sin. But we know something, don't we? Jesus is coming back. He gave us a promise, and he sealed it with his blood. And I think we can all emphatically say, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And when he does, he will set everything right. And it only gets better, though, for God's people. Because one day death itself 
and even our sinful nature will be eradicated. But until that day, in relationship to God's command to us to give him thanks, we do so regardless of what comes our way and even regardless of how we feel because giving thanks is God's will for us, for you, for me, in Christ Jesus, if you know him. And so the question before us today is, will we, will you, will I obey the command to give the Lord thanks? And as I mentioned, I want to present a backdrop for the Thanksgiving tradition in our country before we then give the Lord thanks. David Barton is a pretty well-known author, and he has a library himself of over 100,000 original writings of our nation's history leading up to the Civil War. It's pretty impressive, I think. He's an expert on the history of our country, and he views it from a Christian perspective. Now, in full disclosure, there are many who disagree with him, both religious and secular. And as for me, with what limited knowledge I have of David Barton, I'm going to tend to go with him, I'm going to tend to side with him rather than someone who has a secular bias about the history of our country. On his website, wallbuilders.com, I came across some sermon notes by a pastor. His name is Paul Jell or Jelly, or I, I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> I tried to find it, but I couldn't. So I'm just going to call him Pastor Jell. And not only is he a pastor in Plymouth, Massachusetts, he's also the town's historian. And as I read his notes, I received a good education of how Thanksgiving tradition got its start with us. And again, with the number of things I had no idea about. So he kind of put the pieces together for me. And so I want to give you some info about these notes that he wrote. Pastor Jell's take on the first Thanksgiving is that it was patterned after the Jewish feast of tabernacles. The Feast of Tabernacles, or Sukkot, was quite literally a holiday of Thanksgiving. And by the way, what a merciful God we serve. See, Psalm 103, verse 14 says, He knows our frame. He knows that we are but dust. The Lord knows how easy it is for us to forget the abundance of His blessings. Isn't that true? And the Feast of Tabernacles, for God's people back in the Old Testament, served as a regular reminder for God's people to give him thanks, even in the most mundane of his blessings, lest his people take them for granted. Speaking of the mundane blessings, part of the Feast of Tabernacles included making their own rickety structure, or a sukkah. And we have celebrated Feast of Tabernacles several times in our congregation's history. The, the Jews actually stayed in that sukkah for the entire week of that feast to remind them of from where their protection and the provision comes. These shelters also served Israel remember their history as God led them through the 40 years of wilderness because they too stayed in those kinds of structures. The Feast of Tabernacles was also called the Feast of Ingathering, where Israel gave the Lord thanks for his abundant blessings of a good harvest. Again, recognizing that God was the source of all that they had. Pastor Jell then describes memorable events of what happened during the Feast of Tabernacles in Jerusalem. Beginning on the second night, a light ceremony with four large menorahs and priests dancing with torches sang some of the Psalms of Ascent. Now we have these Psalms written out in, in our book of Psalms. It was such a spectacle to see the lights of the temple in front of the backdrop of the darkness of night. And this was a very powerful symbol of the Feast of Tabernacles. 
and here's the point, it was joy in the midst of suffering, joy in the midst of pain and turmoil. It was not a feast that celebrated the absence of difficulty, but it was joy with gratitude for how God sustains his people through difficulty. And from there, Jal told the story of how the pilgrims came to be. In brief, the pilgrims, as we all know, or at least I'm hoping we all know, they were Christians from England who were severely persecuted for their faith. They opposed some of the political and religious abuses of power then. Think Henry VIII and how he made himself the uh, the head of the church in England. And Queen Bloody Mary was Bloody Mary for a reason. And then when King James of Scotland claimed the throne of England and crowned himself as king in 1603, this spelled trouble for all of those who were part of the revival known as the Reformed. It was King James that stated, I will harry or harass or kick them out of the land to all who opposed him. And those who opposed all these things were the separatists who became later known as the pilgrims. James put them between a rock and a hard place when he said to them, it was illegal for them to go and it was illegal for them to come. So what is a group of outspoken Christians to do? To escape, to leave. And for those who know the story, the pilgrims merely escaping England by way of Holland to the New World was extremely difficult to include family separation. Men leaving and their wives and children being taken away by the authorities. But in their final escape to the New World, they did not leave their spiritual culture behind. During the Reformed period in England, Christians celebrated three types of thanksgivings. The first was a day of prayer, which often included fasting before the Lord. Now, when we think about prayer, sometimes we don't think about fasting, do we? That fasting and prayer are pretty much enjoined in Scripture. And maybe we need to continue on uh, fasting as well. It was a time to search one's soul and repent of all known sins and all known sins after a drought or tragedy or something like that. The second was a day of thanksgiving for answer prayer, offered during the days of fasting and prayer. This was usually called after the calamity passed or the rains came. And the third was a harvest thanksgiving. Now, this thanksgiving was not a prayer day or an answer to prayer day, but it was a day to give the Lord thanks for his provisions to them, and especially in the midst of hard times. And we know the story of the pilgrims. They encountered a lot of suffering and hardship and pain and difficulty. It was really a lot of touch and go, wasn't it? When they landed in the new world as to whether they would even survive. But they soldiered on. They knew God and they expressed an attitude of gratitude regardless of what came their way. They knew their place as servants of God and they knew the God that they served. Now let me give you a couple of quotes and insights that Pastor Jell has written in his notes. Now, of course, this language is, is pretty stilted, it's pretty dated, but hopefully you can get the gist of it. William Bradford was always willing to look at the silver lining of God's faithfulness in the midst of turmoil when he wrote these words. I may not omit the fruit that came hereby, for by these so public troubles in so many eminent places, their cause became famous and occasioned many to look into the same. And their godly carriage, how the Christians handled themselves, and Christian behavior was such, has left a deep impression in the minds of many. And though some few shrunk back at these first conflicts, 
Yet many more came on with fresh courage and were greatly animated or encouraged others. And Jell asked the question, what was the attitude of the pilgrims in their continued attempt to flee England and go to Holland and eventually come to the New World? These things did not dismay them, for their desires were set on the ways of God and to enjoy his ordinances. But they rested on his providence and they knew whom they had believed. Their philosophy was simple and was biblical. Nothing happened to them that God did not allow, even tragedy. An attitude of gratitude, knowing they deserved nothing, kept them faithful to discern God's providential care in the midst of negative circumstances and difficult and sorrowful times. Through the trials of getting an agreement to settle in the new world, because there are some political things they had to go through, the loss of a speedwell, which again was one of their ships, the difficult voyage and the first winter where half of their company died, the pilgrims kept their biblical view of giving thanks. They gave God thanks, and here's the point, because he was good, not because everything that happened to them was good. Get that. Joe quotes Bradford again, what could now sustain them but the Spirit of God in his grace? May not and ought not the children of these fathers rightly say, our fathers were Englishmen, which came over this great ocean and were ready to perish in this wilderness. But they cried unto the Lord, and he heard their voice and looked on their adversity. Let them therefore praise the Lord because he is good and his mercies endure forever. In his notes, Jell deals with the question, when did the first Thanksgiving event take place? And Jell listed the various historians who gave their various reasons for their, for their assumptions. And then he writes this. The issue is not who had the first Thanksgiving, as if that is what will make the pilgrims significant, but rather what the root of our American tradition truly is, begun by the pilgrims. So what kind of Thanksgiving are we talking about? In the fall of 1621, they called a day of Thanksgiving pattern after the biblical Feast of Tabernacles and mixing the joy of God's provisions with the sorrow of the hardships endured in life. It was joy and sorrow together. This was truly unique, and to top it off, it was done by inviting 90 native people from the Wampanoag, I think that's how you pronounce it, Wampanoag tribe as well. The Wampanoag gave thanks to their creator long before the pilgrims arrived, but the pilgrim thanksgiving was unique for it was patterned after a feast rooted in the Old Testament. Rapper describes the first Thanksgiving celebration this way, at which time, among other recreations, we exercise our arms. Many of the Indians coming amongst us and among the rest, their greatest king, Massasoit, with some 90 men for whom three days we entertained and feasted. And they went out and killed five deer, which they brought to the plantation and bestowed on our governor, and upon the captain and others. And although it was not always so plentiful, it will not always be so plentiful as it was at this time with us, yet by the goodness of God, we are so far from want that we often wish you are partakers of our plenty. God blessed them greatly. Let me give you a few fascinating facts that Jell kind of uncovered as he went through the archives. All the dishes were wooden. It's interesting. And the children served the adults. I like that. Kind of cool. 
There were only four adult pilgrim women who cooked for 140 guests. Four. Now, don't have microwaves or anything like that. So ladies, you know how hard that might be. They ate cod, sea bass, and fowl. In other words, ducks, geese, and swan. Well, turkeys were also eaten, but and I don't know how he figures this out, but the turkeys of 1621 could run 25 miles an hour, and they were kind of hard to catch. And, and there's even a legend that popcorn was introduced at this time, but it's kind of hard to prove. Recreations included bow and arrow contests, military drills, foot races, and wrestling, and fast forward several hundred years, and we now have what? Football, right. So continue the tradition. And since that time, though, Thanksgiving in America became a tradition, though it looks far different today than at first. More than 300 days of public fasting and prayer, coupled with Thanksgiving days for answer prayer, occurred between 1607 and 1800. A lot of days of calls for public Thanksgiving and repentance. The act of celebrating during a harvest festival was brought by the pilgrims from England. The idea of thanking God for what he had provided in the fall and in the midst of hardship and difficulties marked the pilgrim idea of giving thanks as unique. This coupled with the need to publicly repent and when calamity was allowed by God and then to thank him when he answered those prayers are all a part of the fabric of American society and culture. Again, we're founded on Christian principles, Judeo-Christian principles, and this is one of the practical outworkings of that. The first national Thanksgiving was called in the middle of the Revolutionary War, of all things, 1777, by the Continental Congress to thank God for the victory at the Battle of Saratoga. Written by Sam Adams, and I'm going to ask a couple of folks to help me out today. So Sam Adams gave a proclamation and here was his proclamation. For as much as it is indis the indispensable duty of all men to adore the superintending providence of Almighty God, to acknowledge with gratitude their obligation to Him for benefits received, together with penitent confession of their sins, whereby had forfeited every favor and their humble and earnest supplications, that it may please God through the merits of Jesus Christ mercifully to forgive and blot out of remembrance. It is therefore recommended to set apart Thursday, the 18th day of December, for solemn thanksgiving and praise, that with one heart and one voice the good people may express the grateful feeling of their hearts, consecrate themselves to the service of their divine benefactor, acknowledging with gratitude their obligations to him for benefits received, to prosper the means of religion for the promotion of enlargement of the kingdom, which consists in righteousness, peace, and joy, and the Holy Ghost. That, my friends, was the government saying this. From the first national call, the Continental Congress issued Thanksgiving proclamations annually until 1784. Five years later, in the first session of the Congress under a new constitution, a resolution was given to President George Washington on September 25th, 1789, indicating the will of Congress was this, to wait upon the President of the United States that he would recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors 
of Almighty God. Again, this was Congress saying this. George Washington, our first president, of course, not only agreed, but he made this his first official act of his administration. Time fails us to go through the proclamation, but you can look for it. The day Washington proclaimed a nationwide day of Thanksgiving was indeed Thursday, November 26th. But good intentions sometimes fail to materialize, don't they? Though Congress made the recommendation that the president make a yearly proclamation Thanksgiving announcement, no national proclamations actually took place by the presidents until the Civil War. Abraham Lincoln, who said he was converted to Christ while walking in the midst of the graves at Gettysburg, which is after July 3rd, 1863, and I'll just add this, as a baby Christian, proclaimed the National Day of Thanksgiving on November 26, 1863. Pastor Jell's take is that Lincoln's proclamation fit more closely to giving God thanks for the harvest in the middle of the Civil War has been hailed as the true origin of our present Thanksgiving Day. Here, President Lincoln's words, again, remembering this was right in the middle of the Civil War. Uh, the year that is drawing towards its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful yields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so contestantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. Needful diversions of wealth and of strength from the fields of peaceful industry to the natural defense have not arrested the plow, the shuttle, or the ship. The axe has enlarged the borders of our settlements, and the mines as well of iron and coal as of the precious metals have yielded even more abundantly than heretofore. No human counsel hath devised nor hath any mortal hand worked out these great things. They are the gracious gifts of the Most High God, who, while dealing with us in anger for our sins, hath nevertheless remembered mercy. It has seemed to me fit and proper that they should be solemnly, reverently, and gratefully acknowledged as with one heart and one voice by the whole American people. I do therefore invite my fellow citizens in every part of the United States and also those who are at sea and those who are sojourning in foreign lands to set apart and observe the last Thursday of November as a day of thanksgiving to our beneficial Father who dwelleth in the heavens. As I recommend to them who, while offering up the actions, just do to him for such singular deliverances and blessings, they do also with humble Penitence for our national preferences and disobedience command to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife in which we are re unavoidably engaged, and fervently employ the interposition of the Almighty Hand to heal the wounds of the nation and to restore it as soon as may be consistent with the divine purposes of the full enjoyment of peace, harmony, tranquility, and union. Lincoln had a way with words, didn't he? <laughs> He's pretty verbose, but you get the point. Lincoln had this, made that proclamation right in the middle of the Civil War. Amazing. 
sort of going back to our roots of our country and the reasons for which they had Thanksgiving, we are going to do the same. As I mentioned, the first Thanksgiving had a spiritual context, a context that drove the pilgrims to their knees in both expressing their need for forgiveness and thanking the Lord for his blessings beyond number that he had poured out on the country. So what I want to do is to have us spend this next little while to invite all of us to pray, keeping in mind three general topics. Confession of sin and expressions of repentance for yourself or to stand in the gap for this country, confessing our national sins, which are many. Would you agree? I remember a couple weeks ago, we had a sister in Christ when we were praying over our first Peter brothers. She came up here and she confessed her own personal sin. And so the point is, if you feel the need to confess your personal sin before the Lord in the congregation here, you can do that. Second area is brief prayers of thanksgiving for what he has done in your life. And as we know, when someone who is we highly respect does something for us that we highly value, what do we do? What's the almost the best thing that we can do? Just give him thanks. And third, we can give the Lord thanks for his gifts to us in general. We can thank the Lord for his active participation in this world. He has not left us alone, right? Psalm 24, 1 says, The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof and everybody in it. He owns all of us. We are under his care. And if we don't know Christ, we're under his conviction. We can give the Lord thanks for his continual care in the world that he has, first of all, prevented us from destroying ourselves thus far. We can give thanks to the Lord for the way he has allowed us to partner with the medical community and all the surgeons and the doctors and, and all the researchers and all the rest that we can enjoy a vastly improved quality of life and length of days. But we do know as we, our hearts are kind of heavy uh, for the Helmick family, you know, because uh, one of their loved ones passed away. But that doesn't mean that medical community has not done a lot of great things. And so without further ado, let's give the Lord We can confess our sin with the attitude of repentance, our own personal sin, or we can stand in the gap for our nation's sins. And so what I'd like for us to do as well, um, but speaking to the mic as we can, I, we've had some we've had some difficulties with that today. But if you can speak into the mic and keep the prayers short, because we're going to have a, a number of folks uh, give uh, give thanks and, and confession uh, to the Lord. So we can all hear and we can join in. And so without further ado, let's go ahead and I'll pass the mic out on this side and then we'll have one over there. And if you could, please uh, use, use the mics. Our God and Father, we know that you are with us. You've always been with us as a country. Lord, uh, we have turned our back on you, but you continue to convict. You continue to bring back uh, people to yourself. We thank you for the Holy Spirit who has gone into the world, convicting the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. Lord, today we want to give you thanks. We want to give you your due. We want to give you the honor that's due your name. And Lord, as a congregation, we want to give you thanks. I personally want to thank you, Lord, for the gift of life, the gift of salvation in Christ, for the gift of my family, uh, for the nine grandchildren that we have. Um, as my beloved says, nine DNAs and four adopted. We thank you, Lord, for all of them. And, and Lord, I just thank you for the, the promise and the 
and the way that you are going to work in and through them in the days to come. Lord, we know it's your will that, that it's not your will that anybody perish, but that all come repentance. And so, Lord, I know that you are going to save some of them. So I give you thanks for that. Lord, we take this time to remember you and to thank you for our church. We thank you for Hanover County. We thank you for our great country. And most of all, we thank you for the one you sent over 2,000 years ago. You sent him to be an example for us. Help us to look to his life of sacrifice. And in his name we pray. Heavenly Father, we have much to be thankful for. Even in the midst of pain and suffering. It is hard for us to get past ourselves. To see you. Lord, salvation is such a precious thing. And we forget that there is a cost with this. And even sometimes, Lord, when we fail to give you honor and glory, you are so patient and merciful with us. But we want to take this time to ask this same mercy upon the Helmick family, that you would ease their pain, that you would bring some sunshine into this darkness that they are facing right now, that you would use this time of pain to bond them closer together, that they may come to you as a unit, Lord, aware of their need for you. Give the congregation, Lord, wisdom as to how to support them, words to say in prayer. Help us to encourage. We praise you for who you are in spite of us. Lord Father, the amount of praise we need to give you as a nation is staggering. It's unbearable. But Lord Father, give thanks and praise for the wisdom and the judgment that happened with a trial that happened. It, the judges amongst turmoil, amongst pressuring, made a fair and swift decision of the, of the issue that was at hand. Lord Father, I pray for protection for the Kyle Renounce family, the jury, and the judge as they are being persecuted for standing up for the truth. As um, as we uh, think about the the acts acronym adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. If you guys know this song, would you join with me? Oh Lord, my God. When I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made, I see the stars, I hear the rolling thunder, thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then sings my soul, my 
my Savior God to be. How great Thou art, how great Thou art. And through the years, you are absolutely great. And we have so much to be grateful for. And we confess, Lord, that we spend so much of our lives not being thankful, but being impatient and being self-centered and expecting others to be self-centered upon us. And Father, as Grace United Family Church now, we come before you and uh, we apologize for times that we have put ourselves before you and those times are many. You know that better even than we do. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, a counselor and, and, and comforter. And Father, we just thank you that you are here. We thank you. You have promised never to leave us or forsake us. And Father, we ask you, we ask you humbly, please manifest yourself in our presence. May our worship, may our adoration, our thanks, our confession be pleasing to you because these things come from humble and broken hearts. Father God, when um, Pastor Glenn was saying that he could ask for prayer for our country um, and confession, Lord God, I ask you please to have mercy on our country who thinks it's okay to kill babies. Um, I don't even know how you can look at us and not just wipe us all off the face of the earth. But Lord, I, I want to thank you that it looks like some things may be changing, that some people are coming in that don't want to kill babies. And Lord, I just ask that you would um, give them boldness and strength to do what they must do to lead. And Lord, as I said, just for, forgive our country. Please just have mercy on us. Lord, give us the boldness to do what we need to do, um, also to help in this cause. And we just thank you and praise you that, that you are a loving God who cares about every single baby. And you know when life begins. And um, we just ask you to preserve those lives. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for all your many blessings. I especially come to you today and thank you for my family, especially my wife who provides for our family, does everything for us. Uh, there's a time in my life uh, through drug addiction. Uh, I thank you for for saving me from that, from when I repented and changed my ways. Um, there's a, a lot of time that I didn't know if I'd even have her in my life and because of the things that I had done. But I thank you that she stayed by my side. She never gave up on me, and neither did you, Lord. You helped me through um, a horrible life of addiction, and, and I thank you for, for that every single day. I never forget about where you took me out of. Uh, you blessed us with a child and uh, another chance um, at being a father and having a, a family because I had ruined that in my previous relationships because you were not in my life. I'm thankful that I'm with a, a woman who, who knows you, and we together worship you and give you thanks every day. Uh, and even though Cruz is a handful, and you know that, Lord, um, we, we thank you for their strength 
to endure and and to have those opportunities, you know, to be a family that that, that worship you and give you thanks for all things. I uh, thank you for um, Jenny's mother and 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 help and, and pray that you go and keep her strong through everything that she has to go through. And I know that she is always near you and will have the strength to go through whatever challenges that she faces. I also thank you for for Ryan and and uh, and I think of all the things that that we take for granted that he can't enjoy. He, he can't go to the store and get uh, a turkey or, or a ham, a $100 ham that they cost now. He, he can't get any of those things, you know, because of, of where he's at. And, and it's because of sin and what, what he did, but he did repent. And we know that, um, you know, that he's there and that we thank you for that repentance. And we thank you for him and, and pray for him always. Um, please be with my own mother um, and and my siblings and their families. And thank you for Grace United in this church and, and our, my church family. Um, I'm very grateful for all your many blessings. And, um, and I give you thanks and praise today and every day. It's in your name that I pray, Jesus Christ. And Lord, I thank you for this creation for the beauty that surrounds us, even though this world is broken and we can see the decay, there's still just such huge beauty and that you've given us the eyes to see it, that we're not part of the animal kingdom, that we can see this. And it's not just the creation of this earth, but the creation of your angels who fight for us. Even right now, I'm sure they're above us fighting for us. So you have set all of this up with relationships and um, we see the heartache, um, but there's also beauty in that as well. And that we know that Linda was, um, was a strong woman and she passed along her faith to Sandra and Sandra has passed it along to her children and she's brought her husband into the fold. And we see that every day in this church um, where we, again, are so appreciative of your word that has provided us with a roadmap. Your word shows us that there are these seasons in our lives that are going to be sad, but then there's also new beginnings where we see crews walking through the sanctuary this morning and so happy and talking, right? It's just so wonderful, Lord, to have the little ones around. And we're thankful for um, for new beginnings, like um, like my daughter Katie and Josh who are getting married. Um, and so, while there's pain and suffering, there's always joy underneath it as well for us as Christians in the creation. And that you um, saw to it that we had your word to be able to follow along all these paths, and that there are Christians along our way, um, such as um, Pastor G, who who wrote it all down for us. Right, so that we could we could know the history before Satan wipes it away from us, and then we lose our hope. So thank you, Lord, for that. Thank you, Lord, just for your abundant blessings. Thank you for the creation. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your Son. Thank you, God, for our forgiveness. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for, as, as my sister prayed, thank you for your creation, the beauty. Thank you for the animals. 
Thank you, Lord, that we have family. Thank you, God, that you you have made people and you haven't wiped us all out because of our our great sin, but you provided the answer in your son. And Lord, we all know people in our own family or in in those that we encounter that need you, Lord. Help us be like uh, Timothy. I help us help us be prepared to give an account. Help us be wise and yet humble. And God, help our speech to be gentle, yet wise and and loving. Help use us, use uh, our mouth and our hands and our feet to show the love of Christ to those in our family by serving them, or those that we encounter by serving them and praying for them. And Lord, for when we when we and me. Forgive me when I just wish uh, sometimes I don't have your, I mean, I don't have your your heart and your forgiveness. I see the evil and I I feel like I'm uh, like the apostle. Well, Lord, do you want me to call down fire? And, you know, I, I don't have that that heart that you, that you want us to have. But, Lord, I pray that we really exhibit your love to this dead and dying world. And Lord, I pray for for the spiritual forces of wickedness that are over our country and other countries to be bound, and that your we know you win, Lord, but we we would like to be a part of of bringing our country back, of bringing others back to you, Lord. And please, and help us be humble and hear your voice, and and say, here I am, Lord. In me. Lord, I want to thank you for this family, this congregation, this church family uh, that you led us to. Uh, Lord, I, I haven't been uh, been struggling for the last five or six years with uh, losing a lot of physical ability, losing jobs, uh, being kind of isolated, losing a church family when we had to move to Richmond. Um, and, and not finding another one, Lord, and being kind of depressed. And I, I remember those times when I was complaining and I, and you would remind me that I need to be thankful. And so I would be uh, grudgingly thankful, uh, Lord, I'm not real happy right now, but I know you're working things. And I just say this not from my heart, but from, from my, from my lips and my head because I don't feel it, but I still wanted to confess it because I knew it was true whether I felt it or not. But, Lord, I feel it now. I feel thankful uh, for leading me here in this family here, Lord. I, I see we're, we're going through some tough times uh, in our country and in our community, even in some of the families here. Uh, and, Lord, you've put us together so we're not isolated, so we don't face these issues by ourselves, so we can lift these, each other up. When uh, one is weak, another will be strong. Uh, when one is sad, another one will be happy. Uh, when one is poor, another one will be rich. Lord, you put us together uh, for those things. You say that you, the body is built up uh, by as each part does its work, as each of us find our place in you and uh, the gifts that you've given us and the purpose that you have us here and the things that you put in our heart to, to pray for and to work for and to minister to. Uh, Lord, that we would be building each other up in love and encouraging each other, not tearing each other down, 
uh, not trying to uh, scramble and cry, climb over top of someone else to get something, but Lord, that we would be lifting each other up, or pulling each other together as you move forward, Lord, through the times that are ahead, uh, Father, that uh, we would keep our eyes on you, that we would trust you, that we would look to you in, in everything as as you say in the Hebrews, keeping, uh, looking unto Jesus, the author and completer of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. Lord, we thank you that you did that. You are our example, that we can hold on to you, and you will carry this, carry us through. Uh, Lord, I think of that, uh, that poem sometimes, uh, the little picture of the footprints, and, and the, the person is talking to Jesus, and they say, oh, I see we were walking together, but... I'm kind of confused because now I only see one set of footprints uh, in the beach, on the sand, and the Lord says, that's because during that time I was carrying you. And then I would look back and say, Lord, what is that, uh, what is that uh, groove back there uh, with, between the footprints? And he would say, that was when I was dragging you. So, uh, Lord, thank you for dragging me through, uh, not letting me go when, uh, when I was not strong enough to hold on to you myself. And I, I, in Jesus' name, I thank you. Lord, I, I can't get this thought off my my chest. Um, I was driving the other day and I was I saw the the leaves fall from the trees and I was like, how beautiful that is! And then it occurred to me, those leaves are dead. <laughs> they're so beautiful, but they're dead. And I just can't help but think about how. You know, the beauty we talked about earlier in your creation, it's so beautiful. And and I just love the, the things that each season represents, how fall and winter, they represent, like, to me, at least, the fall and, and death and sin. But then spring, Lord. Spring, we're made alive in you. We come back. And I can't thank you enough for the representation of that and for the fact that you have brought us back, God. We don't deserve it. But I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for your abundant provision. Lord, we are so well taken care of. And there are those around the world, Lord, who do not know where their next meal is coming from. But you provide for us tremendously, and I thank you for that. I thank you for how you've worked in my life and uh, provided for me all the years, Lord. I can look back and see how you have taken care of me, and I thank you for that. And Lord, I thank you for death, for your word says that you have put eternity in our hearts. And so death, Lord, reminds us that there's something after. And I pray, Father, that uh, you would continue to uh, use your Holy Spirit to awaken people to the truth that there is an eternity and that they must make a decision now and that the time is short because, Lord, I believe you're coming soon and I pray that you would uh, bring them into the fold, Lord. Uh, the ninety and nine, go get the one, I pray, Lord, that comes into your kingdom that, uh, that, uh, that they might be saved. I thank you, Lord, for salvation. I thank you for death, because as uh, Natalie said, what is dead, uh, through death, Lord, life comes. 
and you have given us life through your son Jesus Christ. How thankful we should be for that life. And we should make uh, the choices that you direct us to make, Lord, in our lives to grow and be like your son. I thank you, Lord, for free will that we get to choose uh, what we're to do, what we want to do, or what you desire us to do. And I pray that our desires are your desires and that our choices will be the choices that you direct us to make. Thank you, Lord, for those who have chosen to follow you. And I pray that you continue by the power of your Holy Spirit to work out salvation in their lives and that they would show forth Christ more and more as they mature in your word and understanding of who you are. Thank you, Lord, that we can know and understand you and uh, that you give us your Holy Spirit in order to do that, to teach us, to reprove, to correct us, Lord, and to train us in righteousness. Lord, I thank you for Grace United Church, which prepares us and gets us ready, Lord, to um, face the things of the world um, that we may know how to present ourselves and how to behave. And I thank you for your word, Lord, which is wonderful and marvelous and great. And I thank you for your spirit that changes hearts, uh, Lord, hearts of our family members who um, have gone away from you, have turned from you, are in rebellion. Lord, I thank you for hardships, because in the hardships, Father, we remember that there is a place to go. Even those who are lost, Lord, when things get hard, they call on God. Praise you that you have given us that assurance and knowledge in our hearts of you. Thank you for creation. It's beautiful. But when we get to heaven, it's going to be even more beautiful. Father, what a rich time you've given us. How you have worked the work in our lives. But we can't thank you enough for that work that your Spirit has done. Your Spirit has drawn us to salvation for those of us who know you. You've given us your word. And I thank you, Lord, for the interaction, for the prayers of thanksgiving that we were able to pray. I thank you, Lord, for the prayers of confession as well. Lord, know that you bless repentance. You bless confession. Lord, turn us more towards you. Turn our nation back to righteousness. And we give you thanks and we give you praise. Heartfelt praise. Heartfelt thanks. In your name. Amen. Incredible. Amen. That, that was a beautiful sermon. Absolutely. But we have a little bit more to go. And so uh, if you pull out your bulletin insert, uh, we want to, together, uh, make some expressions of, of thanksgiving to the Lord. And, and I've jotted down a few um, psalms. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. The Lord is my strength and my shield. Sing praises to the Lord, O you his saints. In God we have boast continually. With a free will offering, I will sacrifice to you. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. We give thanks to you, O God. But we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will give thanks to you forever. I give thanks to you, O Lord, my God, with my whole heart. It is good to give thanks to the Lord. Rejoice in the Lord, O you righteous. 
enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Call upon his name. Praise the Lord. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. Praise the Lord. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. You are my God, and I will give thanks to you. Give thanks to the God of gods. Give thanks to the God of heaven. Surely the righteous shall give thanks to your name. All your works shall give thanks to you, O Lord. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you.